Well, good morning. We were a little worried the snow was going to keep everybody away, but it's a packed house, and so we're excited to be here. Um, what a glorious time in worship we've had. Would you open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2 this morning, Acts chapter 2. We're in week two of our Healthy Church series. We want to start the new year out looking at what a healthy church is, what a healthy church does, and how we can be a part of that. Last week, we really discussed the process of how being a healthy church begins, where it all starts, and Pastor Terry preached on membership, that it all really begins with a commitment to the local body and the local body a commitment to you. Just this morning, um, we call that commitment, by the way, membership, and, and so that is that formal commitment. Just this morning at our church, we launched a membership class. We had, it looked like, close to 20 people there, so that was uh, just a praise. So 845, if if you would like to be part of that class, it's not too late to sign up. They still have five weeks left, but that's 8.45 in the morning. You can just write on your Connect card. By the way, if you didn't get a bulletin this morning, would you raise your hand? Because we ran out, and then we printed some more. There's a couple over here, right here. We just want to make sure, because I'm going to use that uh, in my sermon as well. But we think every Christian should be committed and involved in the process of membership at a local church somewhere. And hopefully last week you heard a couple of those reasons why. In the sermon last week, Terry talked about, and he shared from God's Word, how Jesus Christ gave up everything for the local church. And because of that, because Jesus Christ gave everything up for the local church, we should have, you and I should have, a radical love for one another. We should be committed to one another. We should be in local community with one another. So what does that look like? What does it look like to love one another? I mean, we have a general love for each other, but how can we live out radical love to one another? Well, that's one of the things we're going to answer today, how we can live out that commitment to one another, how we can live out radical love. We here at Family Church believe one of the most prominent ways how we can show radical love to each other is in the process and through what we call connect groups. These are small groups. How many of you have ever been part of a small group before? Raise your hand. All right, great. And so if you've been part of a good small group, you know the importance of a small group. You know what value they bring. And so if you haven't been part of a small group, I encourage you to become part of a small group. I kind of want to share a little bit about that. At Family Church, we have taken a break for the Christmas and New Year season, and we're starting back next week, kind of relaunching our small group ministries. And so they're going to start January 15th. Um, some groups have already started, some are waiting, but for the most part, we're all starting January 15th. And the sermon this morning is all about the importance of small groups, connect groups. So I want to give us a picture, because maybe you've never been in a connect group, of what they typically look like. A typical small group might be two hours in length, we have some that meet on Marco. We have some that meet in Naples. But you come together. Many connect groups come together, and they sit down over a meal. They pray for one another. They ask what's going on in each other's lives. They discuss the sermon and how the sermon applies to their life, questions they may have, thoughts that they have, the scriptures that they're reading. They're, they're talking about their marriages and their children and their struggles, and they're praying for one another. They're encouraging one another. They're friends who you can call if you need something. They're friends who are looking out from you. This is just a glimpse of what happens in small group. But when we really begin to think about small groups, we just kind of want to lay out on the table here our, our goal. 
Our goal as a church for the 2017 year is to get every single one of you connected in a connect group. So whether you're a snowbird and you're down for three months, or you're someone here who's not yet a member, we hope you will become a member. But even if you're not a member, you can be involved in a connect group. And if you are a member, we think it's really a no-brainer to be part of a small group. We would actually say it's a non-negotiable. That's where we're moving from here. It's a non-negotiable to not be part of a small group. And I want to share a couple of reasons why. We've kind of decided that, and we've seen it, and this is why we've seen people who are involved in a good small group when they have tragedy in their life or they need encouragement or others in their group have tragedy or they need encouragement, there's just millions of opportunities and benefits that happen within a small group. We can't even name all of them, but they occur, and we've seen the destruction that takes place when believers are not involved in a local community. And so we've thought, and we've seen, and we've seen time after time that it is the most unloving thing to allow someone in our church, a committed member, to not be involved in a connect group. And so this morning is really laying out six reasons why we believe you should be connected in a connect group here. Why you should be, why we're committed to connect groups, and why you should be as well. At the end of today's sermon, I hope you see from God's word the importance of connect groups, why we all need a connect group, why you need them, why I need them, and we're going to ask you to fill out that connect card with a commitment to try out connect groups this 2017 year. Would you pray with me and for us as we begin. God, we come and we just want what's best for your glory, for our good, for the church. God, we thank you that you've given everything up for the local church. Now, you've given everything to us. We're given your word. We're given each other. And so often that's forgotten that you have given us each other to glorify you. So God, I pray this morning that we may see the importance of coming together weekly, not just in our corporate worship, but also in our private time alone with you, but also together in fellowship with other men and women. God, we lift up your name this morning. We thank you for your word. We're able to open. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the first reason out of these six that I want to give is because, number one, they are biblical. Connect groups, small groups, groups of believers meeting together throughout the week, it's biblical. Acts chapter 2 Chapter 5, we see the book of Acts record the incredible explosion of growth of the New Testament church. It's believed during the first 25 years, the Jerusalem church grew from about 120 people to about 50,000 people. The universal church of God was growing, but local individuals were growing as well. Well, how did they do this? I mean, how do you manage that many people? How do you manage discipleship happening and leaders growing and commitments to one another, living out that radical love. Well, Acts chapter 5, verse 42 tells us, it says this, And every day in the temple, and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. It says, how often? Every day in the temple, and from house to house. So wait a second, maybe, maybe we don't just need connect groups once a week, I mean, to really be a biblical-based connect group means we should be meeting every day, right, church? I mean, that's going to be a sacrifice, I know. But it would be an incredible sacrifice, but I show this 
for a couple of reasons we're going to get to. Let's look at Acts 2.46. Acts 2.46, that's the beginning of the church. This is kind of showing how they did it. And day by day, attending the temple together, going to church together, and breaking bread in their homes. How, how often? Day by day, they're breaking bread in their homes. They receive their food with glad and generous hearts. So we can think of nothing better than to be in this type of community. And there are Christians and churches that live this way, but we understand that that really has to take a process. It's intentional. And I show how they met every day for prayer and worship and fellowship for us this morning that if they thought it so important, and we've been given in God's word how they met every day, we can at least meet once a week outside of our Sunday corporate worship time because it's so important. Now, if we don't have time for that, this is where I might get into trouble, but I have to go there. If we don't have time for that, then that's exactly why I'm bringing it up, because we have to make time to meet with brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're going to look at six reasons why that is so important. Number one, it's biblical, and I know I'm kind of laying this hard already down on you this morning, but we must be involved in fellowship with other brothers and sisters in Christ. That's just the way the Bible naturally says it. It's a non-negotiable from a biblical perspective. To not be involved in a church is not really to be Christian. And what it means to be involved in a church is really to be involved with one another. And how we do that here at the family church is through connect groups. So the second reason we're committed to small groups. Number one, they're biblical. But the second reason why we're committed, and you should be too, is because they encourage the use of spiritual gifts. Ephesians chapter 4 says, And he gave, God, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers for this reason, to equip the saints, that's all of us, we're the saints in the church, so God has given us all of those things to equip the saints for the works of ministry, to build up the body of Christ, the church, until we all attain to the unity of faith. So Sunday mornings, we all come together for the church. We're encouraged by our worship together through the receiving, the teaching of God's word. These elements we receive on Sunday morning, they're essential, they're very important, but a quick stop into church on Sunday morning is not our one-stop spiritual shop. It's not all we need. I want us to take a moment, really take a moment, look around you this morning. Look at, look at other people. A lot of you are still looking at me. Go ahead and look at, other, look at other people. That's right. We see everything from up here. I can see if you're sleeping. I can see if you're texting. I can see if you're not looking. All right. So go ahead and look at other people. Do we realize God has given us pastors, deacons, teachers, prayer warriors, people who love to serve people who are committed to just speaking words of encouragement. I mean, we have all these different giftings, and they're right beside you. Now, how many of you benefited from looking around this morning at each other? I mean, some of you might be less encouraged <laughs> after looking around at, at who's beside you. I know a lot of us took a lot of time, men. We took a lot of time getting our hair ready this morning just to lay exactly how we want it. I'll... <laughs> I'll just be excited when my, I can get my hair to lay any way at all uh, in, a, in a short amount of time. But we don't get a benefit, a blessing, just coming here looking at each other. There's no spiritual blessing. Sorry for those of you who might think that. There's no spiritual blessing by seeing each other. So we come here 
And it is encouraging when we can see each other all singing loud. That is an encouragement, but that's not a specific spiritual gifting that we're being blessed with. And you're not blessing others here most of the time with your spiritual gifts. And that's just because Sunday morning is, is a tough place to really live this out. So look again in verse 12 of Ephesians. It says, we've been given the local church to equip the saints, that's us, for the works of ministry. We don't get these spiritual giftings by osmosis Sunday morning just when we enter in the building. We have to have relationships with one another, committed to one another, and we do that through connect groups. That's an incredible place. That's where all those things can really take place. So we rejoice together, we suffer together. Third reason that you're com we are committed to a small group, connect group, and why you should be too is three, because they multiply ministry leaders. Go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2 with me this morning in your Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 2. It says this, What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Notice how many people or generations are in this passage. It says, speak of like the pastor or Paul. So this would be like me saying, what you have heard from me, that's one, and you're hearing it, that's two. What you've heard from me, entrust to faithful men, that's three individuals, the preacher, the hearer, the hearers to entrust it to faithful men, and those faithful men are to what? Teach others also. There is a multiplication that the scripture says has to be involved in our ministry. And connect groups is a place, great place for this to happen. For a healthy connect group, there's really two non-negotiables. Number one is that there is mutual ministry taking place. If we are meeting together in small groups as a church, and there's no mutual ministry, we're, we're really like a bridge club, or we're just doing something we all enjoy. There's no spiritual benefit. We can all get together in little groups with no spiritual benefit, but a connect group, a Bible group comes together, and there's mutual ministry happening. There's prayer. There's encouragement. There's Bible study. There's edification. There's challenging one another. There's conviction. There's supporting one another. So as connect groups grow, we must be training and equipping new leaders. So, this leads to the second non-negotiable of connect groups, or of a healthy connect group, and that's the multiplication of leadership. So, as our connect groups grow, because everybody wants to go, because we're loving, we're encouraging, we're showing radical love, right? People want to go to something like that. As they grow, connect groups become too large. It goes through, or it needs to go through, an incredibly difficult, bittersweet, and exciting time of creating two groups from the one. So you have one leader and one large group. You split it up, and now you have an opportunity for this new group. There has to be a new leader that has to grow up. There has to be a new leader that takes transition. All of us, if you've been in ministry, you've kind of been given a small role, and when somebody steps aside, somebody fills that gap, and they're just kind of thrown into the fire. How many of you have ever felt thrown into the fire for something you weren't ready for? All right, we need to start throwing some more people on fire around here. That, that wasn't enough hands, all right? So take notes who raised their hands who didn't. We need to throw them in the fire. But we know from a church, right? I mean, going back a couple of years of some ways, we were thrown into the fire. And there was tremendous growth that happened here with everybody. 
Everybody was exalted and put into the flames for the purpose of God's glory. And so we see the same thing in our connect groups that when we get too large, we should break apart. And this also allows new people to go to your old group because it's smaller. People are more often able to invite people because you went from a group of 15 down to 7. And so you're like, man, we need to grow our group and get bigger. And so you start having this excitement of growing the group. And so there is this multiplication that naturally happens in healthy connect groups. And every church needs more leaders. And leaders naturally kind of come about this process of connect groups. So that's another reason we're committed to connect groups here at the family church. The fourth reason is because they foster biblical love. Number four, another reason we're committed to connect groups here and why you should be too is because they foster biblical love. Let's turn to John chapter 13 this morning. John chapter 13, verse 35. Pastor Terry worked extensively on this verse last week. And it says this, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. And he's about to tell us what that this is. If you have love for one another. So the world will know, church, that we love one another if we have this one thing. And what is it? Love for one another. So how do we show them? There's four walls here. Most all of us in here are believers. There might be somebody who's not sure about their faith with the Lord, or they just might have come and and they're not a believer this morning, and we hope if that's you that you see how we do love each other. But for the most part, it is very difficult on a Sunday morning to show this radical love. And I want to get to that because you might have heard that and said, wait a second, this is church. I thought church was supposed to be loving. Well, what does it mean? What does it look like? We just looked around and looked at each other. How, how do you show radical love to that person beside you? How do we show love to others within the church on a given Sunday morning? Just, just, we just think about, think about it. I mean, how do you show radical love? You might not have ever thought about this. As incredible as Sunday mornings are, and we love the worship, and maybe you love the preaching, I hope you love those things, but if you just love those things, that's not all we have to offer as a church. You might not have ever thought about it, but Sunday mornings might be one of the most difficult, hardest places to show radical love to other believers. Church might be one of the most difficult places to show people how much you love them. Because you come here and there's hundreds of people. You have moments with individuals. You, you say a quick hi, and hi, it's almost like I go back home for Christmas and all of my family's there. And people ask me how my time was or my wife says, well, how was it spending time with your brothers? Or how was it spending time with your mom? And I'm like, I just had a couple of moments. I mean, like I really have to be intentional to set aside time And unless we're intentional on Sunday morning, we're just not going to get to know people. And I think we all understand this because there's so many people here. We come for the purposes of corporate worship and corporate preaching. Often we don't have deep conversations. Rarely on Sunday morning, unless we come early or unless we stay late, do we get into spiritual conversations that edify or encourage one another. There's walls around this place. So the world can't even see that. Even if we are intentional in showing radical love, let's say we're very intentional that Sunday morning, I'm going to pour out radical love. I'm going to serve others. 
the world isn't seeing what's going on in this place. But when you move to connect groups, and you have a connect group that meets every Tuesday, and they meet in your neighborhood, and you have eight cars every Tuesday in your driveway, your neighbors will begin to wonder, it's like they're having a party every Tuesday over at their house. I see them bringing in food, and they're laughing, and they're making lots of noise, and I mean, hopefully they hear good things and exciting things, and you have an, oh, that's our connect group. We meet every Tuesday. We have a dinner together, and we laugh, and we play games, and we talk about what's going on in our life. It's our church group. They might not have ever seen something like that, but it's an example of showing love. Here's a couple of ways how connect groups foster love with one another. Handwritten cards. If you're in a connect group, I know I've received handwritten cards, encouragement from others, phone calls, random gifts. I don't want to sell you guys on all these benefits, but they are benefits of being in a good group. Here's a big one. Meals together, right? Meals together. I know a personal story of when we've been sick or if someone's pregnant or they just had something going on, whatever it is, that there's been meals brought by their connect group to them when things were going on personal story for us in making a meal. I know some time ago, my wife and I had the idea. I don't remember where it came from or how, but it, it was just something we knew was good to do, was to take a meal to someone within the church who was struggling. I think it was someone in our connect group, and so we prepared, and we planned, and we made this nice four or five course meal, I don't remember, and we were all excited about it. It was one of those things, you know, when you do something good, you know is good, and you go deliver it, you just feel like, oh, that was the right thing to do, you know, and so maybe it's puffed up a little bit of pride, but maybe it's the Lord too. And, you know, we're just excited we served. We knew this is what God wanted us to do. So we went and delivered this meal. We got back home, and we realized we didn't have anything to eat. <laughs> like, we spent all this time making this meal for someone else. We got home. We're like, why didn't we make two batches of that? That looks so good. We gave it away. And, and I, I kid you not, it was moments later, there was a knock on our door, and someone from the church gave us a meal. It, and it was just the Lord kind of showing how it truly is better to give than to receive because none of it was planned. We didn't tell anybody we were making a meal and we didn't tell anybody we needed a meal. Now, I don't know what that third couple did for their meal. <laughs> maybe they just went hungry or maybe hopefully they prepared and planned, made, made it double. I don't know, but it was just a blessing. And it was so much better to give to go and provide and be provided for than just all of us make our own meals. And, and so that's even something you could do in a connect group is prepare meals for one another, and that's something oftentimes connect groups do. So this is a couple of ways how love is shown, accountability is shown, phone calls out to lunch. So it's extremely difficult to show radical love on Sunday morning just because of the nature of what our Sunday mornings are. This is why we encourage and we think everybody should be in a connect group. So the fifth reason why, fifth reason why we're committed to connect groups, and you should be too, is because they promote accountability. They promote accountability. Galatians 6 chapter, or Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 says, brothers, sisters, Christians, right? If anyone is caught in a transgression, they're caught into sin and they don't see it right? We, we all know people like this. That's all of us. We all have sins we're caught in. We need each other to point it out. It says, you who are spiritual, all of us with the Holy Spirit, if we're a believer, 
It says, you who are spiritual should restore them in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself lest you be tempted to bear one another's burdens. When you looked around this morning, did you see anybody spiritually burdened and you know what those burdens are? No, we can't do it on Sunday morning. How do we know what spiritual burdens people have? How do we know if they are caught in a transgression on a Sunday morning? We don't. I mean, only one time in my life have I ever heard where someone came into a church, and this was from someone in my family. They were sharing. They're like, have you ever heard of this happening? He went to a church on Sunday morning. He's a leader within the church. And he went to somebody, and he said, hey, how's it going in your life? And the guy looked at him, he said, I I morally, I sinned this week in a major way. I just needed to confess and tell somebody. Have you ever heard that happening on like a Sunday morning before church? That's really rare, all right? Oftentimes, that is not the case. It's, hey, how are you doing this morning? Oh, great. We don't know how they are with their wife. We don't know how their spiritual life is. We don't know any of those things. We've all heard an ounce of prevention is what? Worth a pound of cure. Maybe not all of us have heard that, I guess. (laughs) Terry had never heard that either, right? So, well, Benjamin Franklin said that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And, And I think when we come on a Sunday morning, we can all agree that we don't know where people are at with the Lord. We only see them for moments. We don't know how their prayer life is. We don't know how their marriage is going. We don't know how their how the the children raising is going, if they're stressed, if they got in a fight. We don't see any of that because we come to church and we just naturally get into kind of church mode. And all of us, maybe we are very perceptive, but we have so many other things going on. But in a small group where we meet with people for two hours at a minimum a week and we're sharing a meal together and we meet week after week after week, we begin to see a benchmark of what normal looks like. And so we can begin to see if they're stressed. Or maybe the Lord just gives you kind of an intuition of of what's going on in their life. Or maybe they need encouragement. Or maybe you need encouragement and you didn't even know it. I mean, in a connect group, you begin to see those in your group and know what their burdens are. Know how you need to love them or how you need to be encouraged. But if you're not in a group, you're not getting any of those benefits. You might be coming here and, and you see people, but you're not getting any of the blessings of what God has given us the church for. So in a connect group, it becomes much harder to hide when we need help. And it also becomes harder for others to hide when they need help. And that's one reason why we commit to connect groups is because we all realize we need what? what? I, heard, I heard help, but then I thought I heard we need help. We need Christ. We need love, right? We need each other. For instance, I come to work every day. I see these guys every day. I come to work. I kid you not, if I have a headache, I can come and I can be in the office two minutes. And people will say, do you have a headache? Just because they know me well enough, hopefully I don't act different. I think it's just by how I look, you know. I don't act different, do I? It's just the way. He says, he says, Begrudgingly, he's nodding yes. So they just, say, they just know me because they've been around me. And the same is involved in a connect group. Just a couple of weeks back, we had our elders meeting where we meet on Tuesday and we meet for a couple of hours and we pray for one another. It's like a connect group coming together. And towards the start of the meeting, 
we just stopped the meeting and asked somebody, hey, are you okay? You seem a little stressed. And they were. They had a lot of things going on. But we could gauge it because we had a benchmark. We had met together. And that's how connect groups are. And that's how connect groups should be. A good connect group is keeping a spiritual gauge on each other because we love each other. So we might ask, and that might be terrifying for you. It might be terrifying to know that people are going to be watching you or involved in your life that much. But that's a good thing. I mean, why would we not want people who love the Lord and who love us and our family and our children to not be that involved in our life? So I just kind of give us a a perspective of what that connect group does accountability-wise. A connect group is really an ounce of prevention worth a pound of cure in every area of your life. None of us want your marriage to go in a negative direction. And so a connect group comes together and they pray for that before it gets to that point. A connect group is there with you before the diagnosis occurs. A connect group is there for you praying through whatever happens. So that was the fifth reason why we're committed to connect groups and why you should be too. Number six, because they promote unity and fellowship within the church. Connect groups promote unity and fellowship within the church. 1 John 1.3 says, That which you have seen and heard, proclaim also to you, so that you may too have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 6, If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sins. These connect groups come together. They meet weekly. One of the things we do is we discuss the sermon together. What was preached on Sunday? How questions we may have. Well, I saw it this way, and and this is something that I saw in the text that really encouraged me or really convicted me. What's your thoughts? And you begin to see how people are wired by God and what their passions are. And they will encourage you in ways that it's not your gifting. You're going to be challenged. Maybe, Maybe somebody is just such a servant and you're not a servant. And you see how they're serving others and encourages you to serve. Or maybe you're bold and other people are timid and they're talking about an opportunity at work to proclaim Christ and they're not sure how to handle it and you just, you just have something where you can share, well, this is how you could do it and encourage them how to be bold for Christ. I mean, there's so many giftings and these giftings God has given us in the church to be used. And looking at each other, we don't get these giftings. They have to be involved in the local community and that's how we do it here with connect groups. So a large portion of, of the church is meeting throughout the week, discussing the sermons together, but they're growing in their prayers. They're studying the same scriptures. They're growing in unity. Connect groups also help safeguard the church when there's conflict or division or false teaching that can enter into the church. Connect groups can come together, bold men and women in connect groups, and bring about biblical peace. So this morning, we've seen at least six reasons why Family Church is committed to connect groups and why we think you should be, too. Number one, because they're biblical. We saw how they met every day. Secondly, because they encourage the use of spiritual gifts. You have giftings, I have giftings, we all have different giftings, and we need each other's giftings. And that can only happen in the confined spaces of relationship, of fellowship. And I hope you've seen that we can't, it's very difficult to do that on Sunday morning. But connect groups are ideal for that to take place. Number three, 
Connect groups, multiply ministry leaders. Every church needs more ministry leaders. Maybe God wants you to become a ministry leader. Number four, they foster biblical love. Five, they promote accountability within the church. And six, because they promote unity and fellowship. So I mentioned we're kind of launching a new season of Connect Groups starting next week. We're beginning signups for these groups starting this morning. And so as I mentioned, we really want every single person here, whether you're a snowbird for three months, listen, if you're here three months, you need people in your life for these three months. You don't need to be going solo. Maybe you're a member of a church up north, but when you come down here, you still need to be involved in a community, we think. And so we encourage you to sign up as well. If you're a member or not a member, we encourage you to sign up in connect groups. So regardless of if you're in a group, for those of you who are in groups already, and if you're not in a group, we encourage you both to write on your connect card, which is in your bulletin this morning, interested in connect groups. There's a little check mark box that says interested in connect groups or would like to find out about connect groups. We want everybody to write your name and check that box regardless of if you're already in a group, so we can get a full total of who wants to be involved in groups, which hopefully is everybody, right, church? Amen, right? Everybody needs to be involved, even if you don't want to be. I hope you've seen you should be, okay? So that, that's one of these things. I know I should, regardless if I want, so I will just do it. I know that sounded like a saying, but it's not. I just made it up, but you need to be. And so it's just one of those things we need to do. So for those of you who are part of Connect Groups already, and you've been a part of Connect Group ministry here for many years, I want to challenge you and encourage you to do the unthinkable. Are we ready? To switch groups. All right? So there are many people who may need you and what you bring to your group. They may need you in their group. And you've been in your group maybe so long to where everybody knows kind of what your deal is and what you're passionate about, and you, you all kind of know each other in that way. And, and maybe the Lord wants to mix it up to where other people will experience that blessing. You'll be challenged in other ways in other groups that you've not been challenged in your previous group. That's just the way that God has made the body here. So I encourage you to think about that. We have open groups here, so you can come and go. We don't encourage that you just continue to where you never get in fellowship. There needs to be some consistency, but just encourage you to try out different groups. Also, one last thing, it's, it's natural and easy for us to always congregate with people like us. So maybe you're a certain age or you have a certain hobby and you, you just naturally congregate with people like that. I encourage you to, to kind of break free of that mold. Scripture talks about Older men meeting with younger men and discipling them, and younger men bringing a type of excitement encouraging to the older men. And the same for ladies, that older ladies and younger ladies are all different ages and walks of life meeting together. So if you're older, feel free to join a group that has younger people in it, even parents with kids, right? I know that, I know that we've had, I've sat in some groups where, where they're older people, an older generation, and there's some things that, that I bring and there's some things that they bring. And, and once you do that some, you just kind of begin to love what's happening because the older generation coming and sitting in with, with a younger small group with kids, they're going to remember some things like 
Guys, I, I wish if I could do it over again, I wish I could have done this spiritually different in my family. And really, like, me as a father in the thick of it with a, a two-year-old, a one-year-old, another on the way, I mean, managing daily life, it, it's easy to lose track long-term. But people who are older can look back and say, man, if I could do it over again, I would do this and this and this. And, and they'll bring that. And you as a younger person, I know we, somebody comes to, to sit in some of our groups when we were meeting together, that, that there was chaos. It was like controlled sometimes chaos. And, and there was excitement there. And there was a certain level of spontaneity that we brought that they might have been missing. You know, and so I just want to encourage you to feel free to mix that up. So I encourage all of you, grab your Connect card. Go ahead and tear that off. Go ahead and tear it off and raise it up. I want to see everybody's Connect card. Regardless of if you're going to put it in the offering boxes or not, just make me feel better. <laughs> Go ahead and rip it off. I just want to see it right now. I only see like four over here. Just go ahead and rip it off and go ahead and write interested in Connect Group in your information. If you're a snowbird, put I'm a snowbird for how long? But we want to put these groups together. So regardless of if you're already in a group or not. And if you are one of our Connect Group leaders or Connect Group host home, we've been doing Connect Group training the past couple of weeks. They just had it this morning. But if you're a Connect Group leader or a Connect Group host home, would you stand up and come up here this morning? Don't worry, I told them that they were going to do this. It's not, we're never just going to call you up most of the time. All right, so Connect Group leaders, Connect Group host home. So I want us to visually see some of these leaders. Some of these are couples, some of these are individuals and their spouses are not here. Um, so I just want us to see, these are some of our Connect Group leaders and host homes who are going to be meeting throughout this week that's going to be starting up. Some of them live in Naples. Some of them live in Marco.